Hey, let me ask you, uh, do we have any audiobook people in here? Any audiobook people? Where are you at? All right, let me, let me ask you this for the audiobook people in here. Uh, you, you enjoy listening to, to books pre-recorded on audio, but has anybody been into this before the smartphone? So you know what I'm talking about when I say book on tape. My kids have no idea. What are you talking about? Tape, right? The sticky stuff, book on on tape. Just curious. Uh, but today we've got on our smartphones, we've got, we've got Audible. Uh, and, and one of the things that we discovered, my family, this summer is that with Audible, you can actually speed it up to play faster. Have you noticed this? So that the reader will actually go faster. We also learned that you have this on YouTube as well. Has anybody found that? On YouTube, you can go to the bottom right, to the settings, and, and then you can actually speed it up to play uh, 1.25 times faster, 1.5 times faster, or if you're really smart and you can really hang in there, you can go double time. Uh, in fact, Pastor Kevin up here uh, has been working on his seminary degree, and uh, one of the secrets, he's the one who taught me about this, that he has, has taken his lecture and he's he sped them up and gone really so I think he gets half of a seminary degree uh, no he and so he sped them up and I was thinking where was this when I was in seminary this would have been really great I mean some of you have sat through teachers professors and you're thinking man come on get to the point right if I could just speed them up uh, real time and they'd be buzzing all over the room and flailing their arms like Alvin in uh, the chipmunks and but but really here's my real question for all of us is I wonder if any of us in this room uh, today ever feel like that's our lives. Like we're just sped up, we're bombing all over the place like Alvin and the Chipmunks, talking fast, moving fast, and uh, maybe you, you just feel like you're kind of living life at hyperspeed. You've, you've got deadlines, you're catching the bus, you're catching the train, you've got meetings, you're studying, you're going to the gym, you're commuting all over the city, you, you've, maybe you've got multiple jobs, you're, you're up and down and up and down and up and down with kids through the night, and, and, and maybe you're ushering children all over the place to soccer practice and baseball practice and dance and violin and everything that they could possibly be involved in. And, and I wonder if anybody in here is saying, yeah, I do all that stuff, and I do some of those things at the same time as well, right? Just living life in hyperspeed. And so last week what we did is we started a four-week sermon series that we're calling Pause. And we're just trying to give hope and clarity to this really frenetic pace that we live our lives at. And so last week we opened up just specifically looking at uh, some technological advancements over the past decade and and how the Bible actually speaks uh, into these things. Smartphones everywhere, internet everywhere, social media all the time, and we have unlimited information, unlimited connection. And, And so if one decade ago was, let's just say, normal speed, because you look on YouTube and you can actually watch it in normal speed, Kevin. <clears throat> Just kidding. Uh, one decade ago was normal speed. Well, then we today have sped everything up. Right? Faster connection to each other, faster receiving of information, faster delivery of goods and services, faster TV shows even. You remember, uh, it wasn't long ago where if you had a bad day, you could come home, plop on the couch, and you could watch an episode. You might watch an episode of Seinfeld. Today, you have a bad day. You plop on the couch, and what do you do? You watch an entire season, right? You just binge watch an entire season. And so life can be tough. Life can be crazy. But I do believe that some of the pace issues that we're feeling can be self-imposed. Too much tech, too much connection can actually keep us disconnected from God and from each other. 
too much uh, information flowing in can actually keep us from knowing God and, and e- each other. And, and too much of really all kinds of things. And, and, and we talked about it a little bit last week that it may be a search for validation. I'm on social media all the time because I need somebody to like my stuff and see what I'm doing and see how good of a life I have. Or the opposite, I want to compare myself to everybody else and see that their lives are so much better. I mean, how did we ever know, uh, you know, a decade ago if we weren't invited to a party? Today, we just go, oh, they, they went to that party and I wasn't in, even invited, right? Or maybe we're, 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 we're living this kind of fast pace and we're in all of this stuff to avoid feeling the things that we don't want to feel. If we just keep busy, we, we don't have to think through the stuff that we don't want to think about or feel the things that we don't want to feel. Or, or maybe it's just simply that the, the glowing screen is addicting. I mean, maybe there's not some deep-seated issue that's drawing you like a bug to the bug zapper to the screen, but you're just addicted, right? We can just be, we can just be addicted. And so we spoke about all of this stuff last week and, and discussed it, how important it is and how the, the biblical precedent from Jesus is to create space and to find balance, to, to seek God, to go from 1.5 speed uh, all the way back to, to just normal speed, trying to live life at a, at a reasonable pace as God has designed us to. And, and then this week, I want to suggest that, that even normal speed won't always do. That sometimes we have to hit pause. Like We, we have to hit pause. Sometimes God wants us to pause. Sometimes your family needs you to pause. Your spouse needs you to pause. Certainly your kids need you to pause. Your friends need you to pause. The people that you work with and you're bringing the stress into the workplace, they need you to pause. They need you to pay close attention to them and sometimes even pay close attention to your own junk because maybe you think it's not affecting me. I can, I can live at this pace and I can run around like crazy, but it will affect other people. You can sustain it, but, but your, your family can't sustain it. it it's going to get passed on to somebody, and, and, and so we, we have to pause. Because as much as we think we can multitask, we actually can't. Studies of the brain uh, have shown that we cannot think fully on two things at once. Have you ever tried this? I remember trying this as a child. Like, if I think about this, and can I think about this at the same time in my brain? Obviously, your brain, your brain switches. We're giving divided attention to multiple things. We're looking here, and we're looking there, and we're looking here, and we're looking there. And research I was reading this week from the American Psychological Association shows that rapid task switching in succession actually leaves us less productive and less alert in the end. So we think we're doing a lot more, but we've actually been productive with, less productive with more things in the end. It's just less productive altogether. Let me show you this from the teachings of Jesus. If you have a Bible, uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5. You can flip on over there. If you need a Bible uh, back at home, if you leave with nothing else today, uh, grab one of these paper Bibles and, and bring it home. If you don't have one of your own, we'll have it up on the screen here. Matthew chapter 5. And again, ironically enough, we have the Bible on our church app if you want to go there as well. But, but let's see if what Jesus tells us just might inspire us or, or give us the courage to seriously pause and give undivided attention to what matters most. Matthew chapter 5, uh, Jesus is giving his, his famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. 
And in verses 2 through 12, he gives us what we refer to as the Beatitudes. These are a list of statements. Blessed are the, blessed are the, blessed are the, or happy is the person who fill in the blank. And, and right in the middle of the list of the blesseds is a statement that I believe speaks to our attention issues, our need to pause. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Are you there? You with me? Okay. He says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will be able to see God. Happy are those people who are pure in heart. They're going to be able to see God. Jesus is talking about the ability to to see God, to, to know God. Question, does anybody here want to see God? Anybody? Let me hear you. I just want to make sure you're coming. You want to see God? Anybody want to see God? You, you, want, to, you want to see God. You want to have this deep conviction within you that he's real. Does anybody in here uh, want to see his activity in your life? You want to see his activity in your family's life, your, your spouse's life, uh, your, your kids' lives, your, your co-workers' lives? Well, who? who? Who gets to see God, does Jesus say here? This is the pure in heart. You want to see God. You want to have this, this deep conviction in your heart that he's real. You want to see his activity in your life, in your spouse's life, in your kids' lives. And see him even at work in your workplace and, and, and in your, your, your city. You need a purity in your heart. You need to purify your heart in order to see God. Now, our careful thinkers in the room, our, our theologians, I love you guys, where are you at? I know you, I got you right now because you're thinking, you may be thinking, wait a second. Theologically speaking, pastor, we cannot purify our own hearts. And you are correct. Biblically speaking, only Jesus can purify us, cleanse us. And those words are interchangeable there. Purify us and cleanse us. Only Jesus can, can, can do that once and for all. First uh, John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness or purify us from all unrighteousness. Same Greek word. Who purifies us? Jesus, right? He is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. Only Jesus can do that in the, the deepest, fullest, most lasting sense. However, we need to see this. However, New Testament writers, including Jesus himself, call us to purify ourselves as well. They call us to, to cleanse ourselves as well. Some examples. Jesus tells the Pharisee, Matthew 23, uh, 26, he says, you blind Pharisee, First, here's what you need to do. First, clean out the inside of the cup and of the plate, and then the outside will also be clean. James chapter 4, verse 8, the, the little brother of Jesus says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hearts, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. 1 Peter 1.22, one of Jesus' closest friends, Peter says, Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. So do we purify our hearts? Well, not in the sense that we are totally clean and pure once and for all. Only Jesus can do that. But here's what we can do. 
And here's what we're called to do in the scriptures. We are called to, to clean up the clutter. We are called to, to clean out the, the junk, the, the distractions that can cause us from seeing God and from seeing his activity. I, I would venture to say that in this room, most of us probably have some soul clutter. Some, some things that are, are, are clouding our, our, our vision uh, our ability to, to see God and his activity in our lives. Our boy's bedroom uh, is, I don't think it's all that abnormal. Our boy's bedroom is tough to help them. We try to help them to keep their own bedroom clean. But what they do, you know, is they, they'll rip off their socks. And we've actually, to, to really uh, make the environment conducive for a clean bedroom, we've given them a basketball hoop that has a long net at the bottom, and it's actually a, a laundry basket. But they'll rip off their socks, and they'll throw it. And because they have their dad's genes, genetics, uh, they'll miss the hoop altogether because we're just airball city. And, and then they won't go and get a rebound. They'll just let the socks sit there and you know, grow mold until they run off with a mouse inside or something. And, 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 and so they, they get their, their skills from their dad. And, and it's not uncommon for us to, to, to look in their room and find some snack that was from months ago and it's fuzzy now and, and it's growing mold. It's just bad. And, and so we try to help them to learn how to, to keep their room clean. But sometimes my wife, she just can't handle it any longer. And she cracks and she goes in and she cleans it and she deep cleans it. And I would, I would do it, but I'm trying to teach my boys. But my wife is a, a softie. I try to tell her. So what will happen sometimes is they'll come home from school and they'll walk into their bedroom and it'll be spotless, and it'll be clean, and they go, whoa, wow, I forgot how cool our room was, and then one of the boys will say, come over here, check, look at our baseball cards, and they start thumbing through the baseball cards, well, we had a karaoke machine, it was under like layers of clothes, but we got a karaoke, and they'll hang out in their bedroom for an extended period of time, look, I have a desk, oh my, I have a desk, right, and they'll, they'll end up hanging out in their bedroom again, why? Because the clutter is clear and they rediscover it. That's one of the reasons why I love having church events at my house. It's kind of selfish to be completely honest because if you're coming, we have to make sure our house is clean. You thought our house was clean all the time. That's a big lie. Uh, we, it's not clean all the time. That is for sure. But, but we clean it and, and, and you come over and then, then you leave and we go, oh, there's the floor. Look, this is, and we enjoy, we really do. We, we put the kids to bed and my wife and I just sit in a clean house and we go, wow. This is nice. <laughs> Just enjoy our, our place. And sometimes you have to, have to purify your heart as it depends on you so that you can see God. You can enjoy God. Now, again, please don't, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that, that you can clean up for God. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that there are some things that cloud our vision, that keep us from seeing God's activity in, in our lives. And, and please also don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that if a person doesn't declutter, if a person doesn't slow down, if a person doesn't pause in all the crazy, cloudy activities, that they'll never be able to see God. Praise God that we get examples in the scripture of people like the Apostle Paul. He, he did not want to see God. He was not cleaning up his heart. He was heading in one direction to go kill Christians. And Jesus said, oh no, you will see me. And he blinds him on the side of the road and he ends up seeing Jesus, right? And so praise God. So there's hope for your spouse who's showing no signs of wanting to see God. 
There, there's hope for your, your wayward child who, who shows no signs of wanting to, to know God. There's hope for your coworkers, your neighbors, who, who they show no sign that they, they want to see God at all. God can. And, and as you pray, we believe that God will stop people dead in their tracks and allow them to see him. But I am saying that if you, if you clear the space and you put up the lightning rods, the likelihood of you experiencing the, the presence of God goes up dramatically as you make space and as you make room in your heart. Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. They're going to see God. And then in the next chapter, listen to Jesus. Same sermon, actually. In chapter 6, He's teaching on prayer, which is a vehicle among many vehicles, but one of the greatest vehicles uh, through which we can see God. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, 6, he says this. He says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You see what Jesus did there? A little bit of a play on on words, when you pray, which is one of the most difficult things about praying is you're, you're talking to somebody who you don't see, right? Like when I was in college, I was a pizza boy and I delivered pizza and I would talk to God out loud as if he was sitting in the seat beside me and people drove by, they probably thought I was a crazy man. But I just believe, but it, it is hard to, to pray to someone who is, who is unseen. And he says, so here's what you do. You go into your room, you shut the door, door and you pray to the God who is unseen or some of your translations will say in secret and then as you pray to the one you cannot see you you can know that he does see you and and the the requests of your heart and the burdens of your heart and he is looking at you and he rewards you and what is the reward the reward is himself you shut the door you pray to the one you can't see he rewards you by allowing you to see and to experience and to, to know him. And so Jesus is saying, get in the room. Make space. Literally make space. Emotionally make space. Figuratively make space. On your calendar make space. Make appointments to be with God, close some doors, I mean, say no to some things because that's going to busy me up and keep me from, from gathering with church family. That, no, I can't because that's going to keep me from my appointment to gather on, on a Wednesday night or Tuesday or Monday or all over the city, these, these connection groups that we have with other people so that I can, with, with, with brothers and sisters in Christ, seek God, and so, so I'm going to close some doors. I'm going to create some, some, some space, some, some literal distraction-free zones in my life. I wonder if you have some of those, those closed-door moments where, hey, it's just me and God now. No phone, no, no internet. It takes some effort. you got to shuffle the schedule moms and little ones, you, you got to find those f- very fleeting moments, right? And, and you, you, do, you do that. It's kind of like vacation. It's, it's work to, to vacate, right? you gotta, you got to make it a priority because you know if you don't vacation, you're going to break, right? 
And so you, you've got to get that. And so you have to work maybe extra hard so that you can get, get ready to go on vacation. Or you know that if you go on vacation, you're going to come back and it's going to, maybe there's some stuff you've got to catch up on, but it's, it's so worth it for your, your kids. They need it. Your, your wife, your husband, they, they need it. And, and, and I need it, right? And so we, we prioritize that. And, and the same when it comes to, to knowing and seeing God, we've got to shut some doors. We maybe have to say no to some things, make space so that we can have our, our room to be with God. And our room isn't necessarily by myself room. It may be with other believers room. But, but make that, you've got to make that space, those, those closed door moments, schedule it into your life daily, weekly, annually. I have, I have my moments weekly on Fridays. I, I just have to say, I, I got to hunker down. I got to really, really nail down what God's put on my heart for, for Sunday. And so this is a closed door. Me and God, we're going we're gonna to go at it. And we're just going to nail down what the church needs to hear on, on Sunday. I, I'm planning right now for a closed door moment for October so that I can get out of town for a couple days and just be with God and say, God, what is it? What's the next step for our church family. I told some of you guys about my, my closed door moment in the fall last year. I went up to the woods of Maine and slept in a yurt like a total Vermont hippie and, and loved it. It was awesome and just prayed and, and just was with God. No, I had no cell service. It was just me and God. In college, I remember uh, I had a big, some big decisions to make and, and I went into the woods for a couple days just by myself. Me and God, my, my, my poor mother was horrified. She thought I was going to get attacked by a bear or something. And, and I came back and I came out and I said God's calling me to ministry and 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 I'm gonna marry this girl and it was, God did some amazing stuff in my heart by making space closing doors setting aside the, the time in, in the Bible you you can read a, just a number of stories of, of God bringing people out of the hustle and the bustle into the wilderness right and they're in the wilderness and he does his deep work Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Paul had a season in, in the wilderness, in the, in the desert. Hagar met God in the wilderness of Beersheba. Moses went to the wilderness. Davis ha, David had a, a season in the wilderness. Elijah was in the, the wilderness. And in those moments, with all the distractions out of the way, you, you see the things that you couldn't previously had seen with all the distractions and everything around you. Absolutely game-changing moments. We need those. Have any of you seen these? Um, you can go on, on the internet and you can find these movie blunders. You can go and see where they're making movies and they made some mistakes. You can go where, or if you actually hit pause on the screen and you can actually see this moment in a movie that maybe was a mistake. You see something you, you didn't see. Like you can, they have it in Star Wars. You actually see cameras and a reflection. And oh, that was a mistake. Or they have that in, in uh, Lord of the Rings, Pirates of the Caribbean. I went on this little, you know, YouTube uh, research this week and uh, found all this this stuff. Movie consistencies all over the place. Inconsistencies. I, I noticed the in the first Spider-Man. If you remember the very first. Now there's like Spider-Man 17. I mean they just keep going. But in the very first Spider-Man and the uh, the one that really set this making of comic books uh, movies in in motion. Uh, there was this this web scene where Peter Parker goes into his room and he discovers that he has the power to to shoot out webs and he goes and he he webs if you know notice he webs his lamp and then he shoots the lamp back behind him and it smashes the wall behind him and then the camera changes and the next scene he's talking to his aunt and then shuts the door and there's the lamp on the table not shattered any longer it was just one of these 
if you pause it, you can, you can see it. And, and, and my, my son told me actually this morning that in some movies they had these things, they do it intentionally, and they're called Easter eggs. I had no idea. They're called Easter eggs, and you can go, and so like, for example, Alfred Hitchcock, in his movies, he appears in just about every one of his movies, just real quick, walking a dog, or you get an Easter egg. R2-D2 uh, is in uh, Indiana Jones. He's a hieroglyphic of R2-D2 right there. You can catch that, or Disney has them all over the place. Here's what I'm getting at. There are things that you, you just can't see unless you pause. We have been wired as God's people to pause. God, in the very beginning, he rested. Not because he was tired. God doesn't get tired. Our God isn't served by human hands as though he needed anything, the Bible says. But he pauses to set precedent for us. And we're going to get more into this in the weeks ahead, but but, but you, you've got to stop. You, you have to stop. You've got to clear aside the distractions and stop and say, God, I want to see the things I wouldn't see if I don't stop. I, I, I want to stop. I want to make space. I want to make room in my heart. And so Jesus says, go to your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then he will allow you to see and he will reward you with himself. I want to give you two Two memory verses, if I can. And, and I really want to challenge us in our groups especially, but everybody, to, to memorize these two verses in the, the weeks ahead. And the first is Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And just memorize that and put that on repeat in your mind that I need to clear and focus in on the Lord and I will see Him. And then Jeremiah 29, 13. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So you'll, you'll find God if you search for God with part of your heart. Is that right? No, no. You'll, you'll seek God if you give God the vast majority of your heart. If you give, give him most of your heart, you'll seek God? No. No, he says all of your heart, that my heart focus. It, it's not, you know, it's, it's been said, and I've been all these different youth events where they, they, they have these different preachers trying to be crafty, and they, you know, you put God number one in your list and everything. That's not how it works. He's not like number one and, because then he still gets, you know, 70% and you divide your time. No, he's like the, he's not like a list. It's, he's the, the hub in the middle of the wheel and all the spokes connect to him. He is central. He is every, he's got all of your heart. And when he's got that place in your heart, everything else falls into to place. You know what drives me crazy? What I call cluttered companies. You know what a cluttered company is? Business that just, they do too much. Like, you, I don't, for some of you, you know this business that I'm talking about, and I'm not going to throw them under the bus, uh, but there's a restaurant down the road that the sign out front reads, pizza, burritos, barbecue, fish, steak, wingdings, seafood. Clutter. That, that's clutter. But the highly successful companies Chipotle, it's simple, it's clean, we do one thing, we do it well, right? Five guys, we do burgers and fries, and it rhymes, right? That, that's what we do. In advertising, Apple, on the front of their store, they don't have like some of the store stickers of all the different things that you can buy. You can get your, your travel agency going on over here, and you come over here, and you can also uh, do a little Western Union, and then you can come over here, and you can buy scratch tickets, and you can get a Gatorade or a beer. It, no, they don't have stickers of everything. What do they have out front? It's clean. It's, it's just 
white, and then it just draws your attention to, ah, iPhone 10 XS, supercharged, whatever, I don't know. It's, right, that's, they just point your one, one thing. And as a church, we, we seek to do that. We want to streamline. We want to declutter. We are about what? We are about connecting Boston and beyond to Christ. That's what we do. We have a real simple strategy. Three things. Reach, connect, disciple. We want everybody to be on a reach team of some sort. Serving in some way, shape, or form to propel the mission of Jesus forward. We want everybody to, to be in a group where you're getting connected with God's people and, and with the Lord because the Bible tells us our sanctification is not done in isolation. You grow when you're growing alongside of other people. Iron sharpens what? Iron, right? We, we do that. And then we want everybody disciple. And it's growing in faithfulness and committed walk with Jesus and helping other people to go through the cycle of reach, connect, disciple. That's what we do. That's what we're about. It's a narrow focus. And, and for you personally, maybe you need to narrow the focus. Narrow the focus and, and start, to, start to do a little spring cleaning in the fall. Start to do a little soul decluttering, right? Maybe it's your unnecessarily crazy schedule. Maybe you say yes to everything. And maybe with, as a parent, you put your kids in everything because you just don't want them to miss out. And they're missing out on the one thing. And they're going to go to, to college and they're going to have a great resume, but they might go to college without Jesus and that would be a horrible loss. It would be a horrible loss. They used to say, you've got to get your kids to, to, to hear and to be able to respond to Jesus before the age of, of I think it was 18, or it's too late. Now, oh, now they're saying it's 14. You've got you, you to prioritize some things. It doesn't mean it's too late for, for somebody who doesn't know Jesus and they're later in life, but we've got to make priorities Maybe, maybe we, we bury ourselves in our work. And, and, and we're just, that's what we do, right? That's what we're all about. And again, maybe it's because we don't want to feel some things or we don't want to deal with a, a broken marriage or whatever it may be. There, there, there's always a why behind this stuff. But God says, declutter, declutter, close the door, deal with me first and, and with these relationships, the, the two relationships that are most important, God and and others. Maybe it's the devices. We talked about that a bit last week, about all the glowing things around us that distract us. I told you I had to go old school and start reading a paper Bible again, right? And writing with a pen on paper to actually capture my thoughts. Because if I started writing on a tablet, I would now, you know, next thing I know, I, oh yeah, you know, that's a good verse. I'm going to try to read it in another translation. And I pull up this device and start reading in this other translation. And, and then an article catches my attention. And 30 minutes later, I've been reading about a reverse mortgage, right? What? Wait, I don't know. What, what? Maybe you're never alone. You're never alone. Just you and God, you're constantly with people. Maybe you're, you just can't handle the, your thoughts and, 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 and dealing, right? You're in the car and it's constant music all the time. You cannot turn the music off to, to pray. You're walking, you always got to have something. You, I, don't, I don't know what, whatever your distraction may be. All the movement around the screen. Or, and there's this one really amazing thing right here that, that, that God wants you to see. And so maybe, maybe this week what we need to do is we need to clear up some soul clutter. 
And I'm not saying let's go crazy and let's, let's throw our phones out the window and, and let's quit our jobs. And, and, and I'm not saying, I'm, are there some very practical ways that we can say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this this way. I'm just going to, in the car, music off. I'm going to try getting up 30 minutes early and, and pray and be with the Lord. I'm going to try at the end of the night when we get the kids down to bed. To, we're, not, we're not turning on Netflix. We're just going to, we're going to talk, my wife and I, face to face, right? Not side by side and laugh together. We're going to talk together. We're going to pray together. We're going to read the Bible together. What, whatever it may be, is there a practical way that you can begin to clean up soul clutter so that you can see God, enjoy God, know God, know his activity in your life, increasingly get to a place where you are just confident because of your time with him that he is real and he is there. Purify your hearts so that you can see God. Some of us in here today, you're here because you're considering the Christian faith. You're exploring the Christian faith. You're you're curious about all of this. Let me ask you, do you want to go your entire life wondering? Like, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Maybe this, I don't know. Do you want to go your entire life wondering? How about, you, how about you do this? Can I suggest to you that you say, you know what? For this season, I'm going to say, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to take him up on his promise that if you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all of your heart. I don't know if Jesus is real or not. I don't know if I believe all this stuff. But you know what? I'm going to go after it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seriously investigate. I'm, I'm going to pray as awkward as it may be. Uh, God, are you? And, and I'm going I'm to figure this thing out. Do I believe or don't I believe? We have a number of people in this room that, that I, can, I could stand up here and share stories of. This was his story. It's like, I don't know, but I thought I would show up to church and start asking the questions I needed to ask and finally dealing with it. And, and we've got a guy here who is an atheist and a scientist and said, I, heck no. And then he, he's like, I don't know. I love hearing his story. He's like, I don't know how it happened, but here I am. And God just brought me and, and I, I pressed in and now I'm walking with Jesus. Some of you, that's what you need to do. That's, that's the, the thing you need to do is say, this is the season. I'm going to seek God and search for him with all of my heart. And God, if you're real, Show me yourself. Some of you in here, you're, you're a Christian, and you, you say, you know what? Yeah, I believe Jesus is real, but there are moments that I have doubts, and that's normal. And, 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 and maybe I just, I don't know if he's active in my life right now. I, have, I feel like I, I haven't seen his activity in my life right now. Well, you know what he says? He says, the still small voice of the Lord. When Elijah, he's not in all these booming power, he's in the, the whisper, right? This is, this is the Lord. I, I just think about that elementary school teacher and the class is going crazy and she goes i'm not gonna yell i'm not gonna yell i'm not gonna yell and then she stands there until all the class goes what is she doing looking all strange up there and they eventually hush and then she says okay now that i have your attention right god's not gonna sometimes he does yell right but he also says listen if you will purify your heart clutter and just listen i'm so ready to look you in the eye and speak to you and so if you're a Christian, maybe that's, that's, that's where you're at. You just say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue. I'm going to pursue God. I, maybe there's a specific thing you need, to, you need to hear from him on. You need clarity about direction, but you're, you're asking everybody else but God what they think about this particular decision you need to make. I don't, I don't know what it is, but, but I think all of us in this room in some way, shape, or form have some decluttering we need to do. Not so that we can earn God's favor and we can finally give our lives. No, no we just need to clarify 
and see God and press in to God. Make space. Pause for a moment. In fact, you being here is you intentionally saying, I'm pausing this morning. And so I'm praying that as we've even just taken these 30 minutes or so together, just to pause, that God is doing something in your heart. And so as I pray now, I want to just pray for God to continue that work. I know he wants to. Uh, He's faithful to finish what he started, the scripture tells us. And so hopefully he's starting some stuff in some of your hearts this morning. And so can you join me as we pray to God and ask him to continue? Father, thank you for the chance to pause this morning by being at church and hearing from you and your scripture with just a couple of really simple but beautiful and powerful passages And God, I pray for everybody in this room. You know exactly where they're at. You know exactly what they need to hear this morning. And thank you that your scripture does not return void and it's accomplishing some stuff in in our hearts. And so God, thank you that your your small voice is, is speaking to those things that we need to hear right now. And so God, for those in this room who are not a follower of Jesus, maybe right now they're hearing with clarity and you're just saying, I love you. I got a plan for your life. I sent my son Jesus to, to live perfectly and die an undeserved death that he didn't deserve, you deserve, in your place to make you right with me, to take the punishment for your sins. And maybe in this moment, in the best way you know how, you need to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus who's speaking to you and be made right with God. You can do that right now and say, God, yes. I want to turn from sin that's independence from you and I want to turn to total dependence on you and live my life chasing after you with you as the king of my life. Christians in the room, if you're here and you're saying, you know what, there's some stuff, some clutter. Maybe intentionally I'm, I'm, I'm not pressing into God. I'm avoiding some things, some stuff I don't want to deal with. Or maybe unintentionally I'm just busy and and I'm realizing it has kind of pushed some things aside. God, I pray that you would work in their hearts as well. Help us to respond how we need to respond. Thank you for your grace to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.